0: Today on Laura Lynn and Friends.
1: We're all Christians and we all adhere to the Judeo Christian uh, context and philosophy when we wrote that. That's why it's in there. That's why it's in there.
0: Well, hello everyone and welcome to the last days. It sure feels like the last days with all those fires going on. It's not just in beautiful British Columbia, and uh, we've had the smoke come through here um, you know, these last few days, but it's also around the world. If you see a map of all the places that fires are burning, um, you have to be wondering what is going on. And a lot of people reporting that, uh, that arson is involved to some level, you know, maybe this is a series of things, some natural fires, which you get every year, and also some people doing crazy stuff, um, so <clears throat> I want to read from my amazing father's, uh, Bible. My dad left me with a treasure and he passed away. I guess Getting close to two years ago in a couple months, it'll be two years ago. Doesn't seem like that long, but he left me a treasure. He left me a Bible that is marked from start to finish. This Bible shows me all the verses he thought were important and I opened up today to Romans. I like finding a new treasure every day of what my dad, you know, thought thought I should uh, maybe know one day after he passed on. I don't know if he knew I was going to be going through his entire Bible, looking at everything. So he's, he's done something really interesting. Uh, Romans 2, verse 6. He's written above two verses, verses 6 and 7. He's written payday.
2: <laughs>
0: so... Romans 2, 6 says, who will render to every man according to his deeds, colon, to them who by patient continuous, continuance in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath tribulation and anguish upon every soul of man that does evil first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. My dad underlined this verse in red after he'd done the other ones but glory honor and peace to every man that works good first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. God's chosen people the Jews let's not get into a discussion about all of that but let's just say that payday is when God shows up and he says, you, sir, did the right thing. Well done, good and faithful servant. You, sir, didn't do so well. In fact, you went against all my principles. You disobeyed everything I ever put in place. And you were, quite frankly, a, a real warmonger. And uh, then, I, you know, I just picture this little thing's going to open up and off, off that person will go to a different place then hopefully you and I will be. (laughs) All right. So the Honorable Brian Packford, I want to get to our very esteemed guest very quickly today. Newfoundland, um, he was a premier there. Beautiful, beautiful province. My husband and I were just reminiscing about being there in this last, uh, I don't know, in the last eight months or 10, maybe 10 months that we've been there. Um, And if you were to read his written out sort of bio, and all of the things that he's done and and ways that he has made an impact on this country, it's way too long to read. We will tell you that he was one of the... He is absolutely the last living architect of our Charter of Rights and Freedoms. This man understands more than anybody else what has happened this last three years and where the violations have occurred and how very, very sad it is. And so I'd like to... Welcome now, the Honorable Brian Peckford. Mr. Peckford, thank you for waiting in the background there and also thank you for serving our country. Um, you know, we were just chatting just before the, the show started and there is a sense of sadness that you've been feeling and also that a lot of Canadians have felt about what's happened and, and what Canada looks like today. <sighs>
1: Yeah, it's uh, uh, really uh, quite something as I get up every morning and uh, look out at the trees and look out at the sunshine and, as you say, a few smoky skies and stuff, uh, one has to wonder just exactly where we're headed as a a nation, as a people, and as human beings. And uh, what has sort of happened uh, since summer arrived, most people, of course, are busy and they're working and other people have families and they have obligations and responsibilities and so on. Uh, but a lot of other people who have been involved in the freedom movement and involved in uh, opposing a lot of the things that have been going on have been not so, uh, have been silent too. And uh, I, I regret that and because uh, I really think uh, we need uh, to keep the pressure on Uh, The authorities, both provincially and federally and municipally for that matter, uh, very sad that uh, so much attention is paid to the federal government uh, and rightly so in the sense that they're the federal government. But by the same token, if you look at the constitution, a lot of responsibilities are in the hands of the provinces who then pass some of the powers down to the municipalities. And a lot of Premiers, I think, have gotten away uh, with uh, a lot of uh, things that they've done, primarily because there's been this attack on uh, Justin Trudeau, and he deserves all the attacks that he gets for what he's said and done in the last three years. But by the same token, there's a lot of uh, blame to go around, and all of the Ten Premiers and the Three Territorial Premiers as well. Have a lot to answer for, and unfortunately, um, that's been passed over a lot uh, in recent times. And uh, people have short memories, and uh, even when it comes to deaths and injury uh, through the vaccines, and through the way the COVID thing was handled, and uh, the way the abuse of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms just keeps going on and on. And uh, very few people are, are that interested. The last thing that I did where I tried to summarize the ways in which the charter was violated um, and I sent it out to a whole bunch of lawyers as well I mean I hardly got any reaction back at all was two lawyers in particular got back to me but uh, indicating that they were strongly in favor of what I said and they agreed that the charter was violated but the vast majority um, have gone silent and, and some of them were not silent a year and a half two years ago so it's not, a, it's not a good time for democracy and for honesty in our country.
0: It's been really hard. I just hard published
1: somewhere. this morning uh, a, a piece which uh, centers right around this whole question of honesty, and it came out from the Ottawa Citizen, and it was a, a news report of August the 5th, I think, in which they rep- this reporter was reporting in the Ottawa Citizen about a half billion dollars worth of uh, five hundred million dollars worth of uh, extra money going to the Irving family in New Brunswick uh, mm. to their shipbuilding yard in Halifax, and uh, and it brings back memories to me, and so I entitled the piece, uh, "You Know What a Canadian Swamp Looks Like," and then I let his uh, piece uh, go forward because. Uh, this $500 million is for a renovation to the shipyard, which the company said they would take care of themselves when they bid on the project for the warships that are part of this package. You know, this is how. And people were praising at the time, uh, this is the way it should be. The government shouldn't have to pay you know, for the infrastructure that's owned by a private enterprise. Uh, And now we see a few years later, the very thing uh, that allowed this company to be awarded the contract of billions and billions of dollars for new warships, are now being awarded for the very thing they said and agreed to with the government that they wouldn't do and take this extra money to improve their own private shipyard. And uh, it brings back memories because first when I got out of politics, Um, One of the things I was faced with was whether in fact I would stay uh, independent or whether I would go with some larger uh, consulting and lobbying companies because a lot of lobbying companies came looking for me and offered me a lot of money and a a lot of benefits uh, to go with them. And one of the things that uh, was present at the time one of the consulting companies that I was considering uh, was um, the one of their clients was uh, the Irving company. And in uh, pursuing that for a couple of days and visiting with the company, um, I realized that uh, this was not for me. And so I remember calling my wife back in Newfoundland from Ottawa saying that this is my one um, Uh, time uh, when I'm making a fundamental decision that we will stay by ourselves and Paddle our own canoe or whatever comes comes, but I'm not going to get involved with these big boys Who find ways and means this is back in 89 And here we are now in 2023 and I'm carrying (laughs) a piece which speaks directly to why I remained an independent person after politics even in 1989. Very sad, and uh, I think he quoted in that article as a former Treasury Board president who says, uh, this kind of thing should be investigated, This should not be done, blah, blah, blah. It was a great uh, article. But it speaks to the whole question of integrity and honesty that you and I have been talking about all through this pandemic. <clears throat> why uh, as you are familiar, why I have left a number of organizations that I was attached to during the pandemic because uh, they lacked the integrity and ethics which I thought they had and uh, it, it's a very sad uh, situation where uh, our country is being uh, governed both in the opposition and in the official opposition and in the government. By parties who are not ethical. And hence why we talked earlier about I wake up many mornings being sadder than I wake up mornings being happy as relates to the direction of our company, our country.
0: It really is a critical time. Um, I, I agree with you because I think people have lost trust completely in all of the establishment parties. But at the same time, they just really can't stand Trudeau so much that, you know, they have to pick someone, they have to vote, oh, yeah. but we're seeing that the ethics in in all of the parties is just way down, and in fact, supporting conservative values has taken a completely new low, I mean, with the passing of Bill C-4, where the conservatives, the liberals, the NDP, and, you know, whatever Greens are there... Basically, in unanimous consent, passed a bill that, you know, stops anyone, you know, if if they're going to listen to this bill, from trying to talk somebody, a minor even, out of transitioning. That becomes an act of illegal, um, you know, illegal conduct in order to try. And now parents are upset. And, you know, uh, I don't know if you've heard about this, Mr. Peckford, but... Uh, the Muslim community is now rising up in record numbers. They are furious with this gender teaching in the schools that the conservatives have, have put forward. And you see that the liberals, of course, you can't be an Islamophobe. So don't speak against the Muslims um, and don't speak against the LGBTQ with the trans agenda. And so, but now the Muslims and the trans are at complete odds. So this is an interesting new development.
1: Uh, no, no question. That's a, a really good point. And remember, a lot of education and the curriculum system is provincial, and the provinces have the power to uh, to decide what the curriculum is in the schools uh, with the school boards. I mean, the the ultimate jurisdiction over education is provincial, and so. Uh, uh, but yeah, the, this bill uh, and and the support of the conservatives and so on just speaks to what we were talking about. Uh, the the degradation of our, our principles and our morality uh, has reached a new low. But uh, interestingly enough, uh, even the Muslims who believe strongly in family are are um, at odds with what uh, the the ruling parties are doing and hopefully we can gain enough support from a diverse group of people on this one subject to to stop the the parties and the governments from doing these kinds of things
0: if there were anything to really unite all parties the protection of children and stopping the sexualization of children going on these disgusting books that are that are popping up i mean in the United States, it's been so serious that Florida literally shut the schools down and they've taken time, they're auditing all of the school libraries to get out any filth and anything that these crazy pedophile perverts have put into the schools so that you can, um, you know, make sure the kids are protected. If there's any issue that the Muslim, Sikhs, Christians... Uh, Jews, um, even the atheists can come together on it. Would be to stop this sick agenda, you know, to harm and impact kids and put this propaganda through.
1: No, I, I couldn't agree more, and I, I and I hope there is a mobilization of everybody, as you say, in the United States. Look what the governor of Virginia is doing; he's getting a lot of kickback too, as well as the governor of uh, of Florida. Uh, but the yeah, there are there are. Um, uh, you know, uh, promising uh, areas in the United States, uh, in some of the states in the United States on this uh, particular issue. Uh, and, uh, you know, when I think back into my early days in, in uh, primary school and elementary school, uh, and think where we are today. And just in the last week, I've mentioned this uh, uh, just uh, by, by chance to parents and stuff that I happen to meet. I ride my bike every day when I'm home and uh, you know, I run into people down at the beach where we live in Parksville and go down on the beach and meet people all the time. And I mentioned to them uh, when we get into a discussion about some of these things and uh, they say, well, you know, we've got a really good teacher in our school. And I say, (laughs) and they try to excuse doing anything because they think their teacher of their child uh is exempt from what's going on in the whole school system and I try to explain to them that uh, you're not in the classroom all day long and you this might be a very pleasant uh, teacher uh, but obviously this teacher is going along with what's happening in the what's in the library the other thing that the parents mentioned is oh it's only books in the library Uh, as if that somehow is not a problem when kids are referred to going to the library and ask for this book or go in on their own and read what books are in the library. So it's, you know, the thin edge of the wedge and, uh, you know, um, that this is wrong, just as wrong, having in the li- those books in the library as it is, is, having them in the classroom. Right. And so uh, that's no, that's no excuse. And so I try to explain that to parents and uh, that they, um, they ponder that, I must say, when I do, Sometimes aggressively uh, put that forward and say to them, you need to uh, go to meet with your teacher and ask what, you know, and you need to go to the school library yourself and find out what books are in that school library. And you will be shocked to find out what's there. Um, so yeah. And I mean, the school's just, like, like in my case, we talk about schools and the power they have. I mean, there was a teacher here in this community that I live in who wanted me to go to talk about the Charter Rights and Freedoms and the Constitution
2: and got agreement
1: from the administration to do so, and two days before I was due to speak, last year she was called in, this teacher, and said the um, assembly with uh, and the get together with uh, Mr. Peckford is off, uh, it's cancelled and uh, he will not be allowed to speak in this school, and that remains to this day. And. Uh, Large universities have done the same thing to me where students have asked to arrange. So you have these uh, educational institutions who have an awful lot of power onto themselves. that can uh, decide a lot of things and it goes all the way to the books that are in the schools now as it relates to sex education.
0: I, I just can't imagine a more disgusting or disturbing thing than kids have an opportunity to see yourself. A gentleman who was there when the Charter of Rights and Freedoms was crafted. You were there working through it for many hours and having the discussions and fights and all of that. 17 months. 17 months. 17 months. This is, you You are a piece of history. And thank God you look great. I think you'll be around for a while. But any school just taking away that, that right. It just goes to show how far we've fallen. It's so disturbing.
1: And, and, and just to give you a bit, a bit more of that story because it has to do with education and it's so crucial. These uh, three, uh, the student who, who was at this university doing law and who met me and then had a number of uh, his um, fellow students in a number of universities across the country come to parkesville to meet me and they were so delighted that i w- i agreed i said of course i'll agree i'd, I'd love to, to go to your law class on on the charter and uh, give a a lecture on it and allow for questions and answers and all the rest of it whatever the terms are i had no problem with all that uh, and they were excited and went away and talked to the professor and thought they had agreement from the professor. So it was just a matter of setting up a date and uh, how long, the time, and so on. And as the the thing got nearer, um, suddenly the professor became uh, more remote and left class right after, never had time to talk to anybody. Finally, they went to his office and uh, accosted him and said, look, we want to finalize Mr. Peckford's lecture here when he's coming and so on, because he's busy and he needs to know, and we need to know. And uh, the professor said, well, I checked it out with my superiors and I'm sorry, but uh, that's cancelled. So, there you have it, both at a high school and at a university. Uh, And I know of other schools uh, where I spoke in Ontario uh, by Zoom to students who were, by the way, uh, it was an unbelievable one, this was a private school, not even a public school, where this teacher had arranged for me to speak and we went ahead and had the uh, activity uh, and the students were, I mean, the que- they were preparing for this, had gone through this with the teachers for weeks beforehand, all part of their, their course material. And the, the questions and discussion that we had were unbelievable. It was just, just unbelievable. And the emails I got back from all these students. Meanwhile, the poor teacher who arranged all of this was harassed like you wouldn't believe after the event was over. Uh, and uh, all the way up in the administration and so on, so that she she left school. She had to leave school. So she's no longer in that school. There's the kinds of stuff that's going on across the nation that a lot of ordinary people don't know, and it bears directly on this whole business. Here you are, you know, children who are trying to learn what life is all about, and then are uh, confronted with the fact that the teachers, not the teachers, can do things and tell things to the students which they don't have to share with the parents who are the moral moral, the moral leaders of these students who are the parents of these students. I mean, we provide an opportunity through our tax money to have these public institutions to help teach right, uh, courses. Uh, to our students, uh, we we have, we did not forfeit uh, the power to these teachers and to the curriculum developers uh, to start teaching morality uh, and cutting the parents out of various aspects of their own child's education. This was not part of the contract that Pub the public has with their governments, and so. There's a good argument that can be made that what's happening here, you know, violates the whole contract that the public has with their government as it relates to educating their children.
0: And, and maybe that ties into the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which is the very, you know, the very uh, vehicle that you well, crafted and, and made happen. It's shocking. What is it they're so afraid of? Is this because you've been outspoken? about this school matter. Um, I just never had any idea that we had so many crazy people who think that parents should be kept out of children's lives. I never imagined that there would be a school trustee that would defend, as recently happened in Manitoba, a book that was read out by a parent at a school board meeting that I, I was there, and, the, and it was so vile and disturbing and sick I thought, they've got to make a decision on this. Well, nope. The, uh, the decision eventually came down that this is fine. We have to have representation of all, all of these people. Um, it, it was grotesque sexually about women. It was something you would never want to read in front of your wife, your grandma, or your children. And the school board trustees seem completely given into something very bad going on in our country.
1: Yeah, there doesn't seem to be uh, uh, any rules anymore. There doesn't seem to be any boundaries anymore. There Doesn't seem to be any discipline anymore. Um, you know, no matter what anybody says, that that's just as right as what somebody else says, where they have the evidence all on their side. Um, it, it's true in the court, in the cases of, that have gone before the courts and over the charter rights and freedoms. Where uh, I know of one case where. Um, uh, a judge said to a lawyer who was arguing the case uh, uh, shut up, I don't want to hear anything more about cost-benefit analysis. In other words, the judge didn't want to know whether in fact what the government was doing on this pandemic measure really was more did more good than harm. They weren't willing to entertain it. Many of the uh, independent scientists that appeared before the court spread across the country. Their, their data and material has been ignored in the same way as the courts have ignored, right, this country's founded on the principles of the supremacy of God and the rule of law, and they haven't even considered that when they've rendered a junction judgment about whether this is charter violation or not. And so they, they've become gods in their own world and then they want to uh, uh, ex- um, expand that over all of society
0: you've taken on that subject quite extensively that we have you know founded under the supremacy of god and no one mentions god no one considers what god would do no one considers what god would deem important in a country founded on the very principles that bring us the kind of freedom and morality that that we wish we had but you take issue with that
1: yeah, yeah exactly and 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 these are the two concepts that introduced the Charter. They're the first words in the Charter. Some lawyers and judges have tried to imply, they know they can't come right out and say it, so they try to do it through the back, imply that this wasn't, <coughs> this is just uh, something uh, bef- just before the Charter. No, this is in part one of the Charter, in the Charter, which says, you know we're, we're talking about this Charter of Rights and Freedoms for people and we're talking about it under the parameters of the supremacy of god and the rule of law these are the concepts which are supposed to govern the judges in deciding upon whether an issue is in conflict with the charter freedom of speech freedom of religion freedom of expression life liberty and the security of the person all these provisions that are in the charter are all under the framework of deciding of the of these things within the supremacy of God and rule of law concepts. And so this is what's happened and, and that's why everybody is so silent when I mention this, right? This is why uh, the court, for example, in my court case, when Mr. Wilson asked the federal judges, what are you going to call Mr. Pexford? Because no doubt you'll want to cross-examine him because you, you think you can destroy his argument. So we're looking forward to that very interesting, uh, uh, you know, a time when you when you put them on the stand and see if you can pick them apart. And uh, they looked at Mr. Wilson and said, "We have no intention of calling Mr. Beckford. We have no intention of calling Mr. Beckford in the rural commission." In the, so this is why people like you and I and our ideas where we have. the To be very forceful because there's so many people out there trying to ensure that we're not heard. In the Runo Commission, uh, Mr. Wilson and other lawyers put forward my name to be one of the witnesses to be called for two reasons, which were just as uh, strong or sound as any other witness ever that appeared before the Commission. One, the Runo Commission is being challenged as, as to whether. It meets the uh, Charter rights and freedoms, and whether the Emergencies Act followed the Charter rights and freedoms. Uh, number one, so and there's nobody else alive. No other first minister alive who was involved in the Charter. So his contribution and viewpoint on the Charter and what all what was intended with the Charter are very important. And number two, I was involved in the truckers' convoy. I was there. I spoke. Before Parliament Hill, I met Tamara Leech's board. I had a press conference with her while I was there. And so I could give my perspective from being there uh, on the ground during the height of the convoy and talking to the trucker leaders and their board. So these uh, things were put forward to the, so uh, when the list came out of witnesses that were approved by the Rule of Commission i was conspicuously absent from being approved to uh, appear as a witness before the rulo commission so that'll just give you an idea uh, of the level of uh, at the, those high levels of the court federal court of canada the rulo commission both refused to hear what i had to say yeah
0: appalling so, Absolutely appalling and shocking, and uh, thank you for continuing to speak in all the ways that you do. You have a newsletter. Um, can people get onto that Substack or or the newsletter that you do?
1: Oh, yes, they can get onto my blog. It's, it's uh, Peckford, a four and a two letter, um, numbers, P-E-C-K-F-O-R-D, the number four, the number two. That's the year I was born, 1942. So peckford42.wordpress.com www.peckford4and2numbers.wordpress.com. And And, uh, even today, even today, I get thousands into my uh, blog every day.
0: I know. I love reading uh, what you put forward. And I actually have it here, JT. I'll bring it up as a share here in just a moment. Um, I want to show you uh, as... uh, we want to talk to you a bit a bit about Bill C eleven, what it's done to our country. and I want to show you one of um, considering the fires and all of that, what this is uh, this is Trudeau. Oh, this is Bill C eighteen. Oh, that affects the, yeah, okay. just well, we'll put on uh, this clip with Trudeau and then we'll get your perspective on the bills that cause all of this mayhem. just to
2: take one. people have questions whether they've lost their homes, uh, whether they need to evacuate, about how things are going, and that's where local news is so important. And the work that uh, people are doing to share messages and keep people informed with safe, uh, up-to-date information is unbelievably essential to keeping Canadians safe. That's why, and I'm going to make a comment on this, it is so inconceivable that a company like Facebook is choosing to put corporate profits ahead of ensuring that local news organizations can get up-to-date information to Canadians and reach them where Canadians spend a lot of their time online on social media on Facebook Facebook made billions of dollars in profits over the past years including off of Canadians and we recently passed legislation that says Facebook if you're going to be sharing news or work done by Canadian journalists or local news you have to make sure they're compensated for it fairly. Well instead of making sure that local journalists are fairly paid for keeping Canadians informed on things like wildfires Facebook is blocking news from its sites. In a larger picture, that's bad for democracy, because democracy depends on people being able to trust high-quality journalism of all sorts of different perspectives and points of view. But right now, in an emergency situation, where up-to-date, local information is more important than ever, facebook's putting corporate profits ahead of people's safety ahead of supporting quality local journalism this is not the time for that this is the time uh for canadians to continue to pull together and be there for each other it's time for us to expect more from corporations like facebook that are making billions of dollars off of canadians
1: (laughs) well what do you say well, number one, uh, uh, I I have just awarded him the, uh, the the gold medal and the Oscar for hypocrisy. Um, <laughs> here, um, where where is the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation and our billion dollars a year in uh, in providing uh, more local content? Uh, they're taking it away, and then he's talking about some private corporation. I mean, the audacity, the gall of the man to stand there and to say that, it, it, it just like, and to think that he's the prime minister of our country, I mean, it's just unbelievable. And then to bring in this bill where they're going to control what goes on and it relates to the media, and then he talks about Facebook. Like, I mean, like, they, 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 they know it. their hypocrisy and their double standard knows no bounds. They just think. Because they've gotten away with it so long, the people are just going to lie down and take it all again. I mean, here he is with the bill to, 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 to restrict it and to control what it is Canadians are going to be able to, to do. And he's talking about, we must have an open and, and hear all sides and, and they're going to control it, the government is going to control it. So this is hypocrisy, uh, you know, beyond all measure. As a matter of fact, way back, uh, I was on the board of CBC one time, and uh, I remember when the government was trying to to cut back when when Mr. Kretjam was was prime minister, uh, cut back CBC and cut back local programming and so on, uh, and yet they were getting all this money from the government. So, uh, the and and you know from that the CBC is deteriorated into being more of a mouthpiece for about the left-wing wants to say and the progressives want to say. And it's true in Quebec and throughout all of English Canada. The CBC is viewed as not being a a, a, a portal for healthy debate from all sides of an issue, but one that's constricted to pushing and promoting, right, progressivism, leftism, uh, elitism, uh, and, restricting a person's right uh, to right, all the way to, to taking away people closing down people's bank accounts uh, I mean come on this, this this is why you and I are so frustrated all the time over this and then he uses the fires and the public emergency again in Yellowknife or in in uh, Kelowna or in the shoe swap or wherever the, the latest fires are to make this uh, shallow, right, hypocritical, hypocritical speech, and of course, people will forget about these other bills and say, "Oh well, there he is now. You know, he's all oh my. He's you know, he's really on our side." And of course, he's anything but. Uh, 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 Laura Lynn, I had to put up with his father when I was premier and listen to. The lies that he told Newfoundland about how he was going to be supportive of our offshore oil and gas industry and all the rest of it. And uh, I'm still and, alive and I'm not waiting. Harry's son do to, to, to preach the same double standard.
0: And so, yeah, so does the apple not fall far from the tree um, <laughs> with his dad?
1: Not very far at all, I'll tell you. because... Uh, and both of them, you know, I remember when we were in that 82 recession and all oh, the inflation went up to 20% and all that. And I remember there was a special economic meeting in Ottawa and the first ministers were called together by Mr. Trudeau uh, to decide uh, what, what he was going to do when he brought in wage and price controls, which we were opposed to. And uh, he, we, we sat down and some of the corporate leaders in Canada sat down with the prime minister. And I remember very, very well. And he didn't have a clue about how the economy operated, nor does his son. They have no idea about economic principles and how uh, capitalism, op- good capitalism, operates. And uh, he brought in um, John Kenneth Galbraith, a left-winger who was then at uh, in Massachusetts at Harvard or some other university in the United States and who had written a bunch of books uh, afterwards to advise him you know he never so you know this is this is all over again kind of stuff for me as you see as you say the apple doesn't fall very far from the tree right and so uh, you have people who are who uh, have a name and uh, suddenly get elected and uh, they they become demigods and they become celebrities rather than statesmen and people who understand the law and understand the economics right, of a country. And uh, I suppose that's one of the reasons why these people are so successful and the Trudeau name has been so successful is because they become celebrities. And first when Senior came on the, uh, the scene, the political scene, he was, he was, you know, being mobbed by people. It was a big celebrity, talked about the just society, and this word, just society, took off. And he was, uh, he was admired, and I was hard to find anybody who wasn't supporting the man. Uh, and the same way when his, his son came along, and the, so they developed this celebrity status and it, 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 somehow they can get away with a lot of uh, hypocrisy and double standard, uh, which is very injurious to the ordinary person of Canada. I just don't understand it myself. I just, I just.
0: Well, and, and, you know, I think that uh, young Trudeau was kind of a celebrity at the beginning, but now everywhere he goes, they're pelting tomatoes and eggs at him. So it's just an embarrassment. Um, you know, and I guess the, the sham of the marriage has now been exposed. Um, a lot of us felt, and we always feel badly because uh, nobody likes to see, you know, families uh, going through all of this. But you have to wonder that basically while he's been in being the prime minister, his marriage has fallen apart. And yet mm. he's on every broadcast, you know what I mean, with his kind of fake up smile And meanwhile, when a marriage comes to a demise, there's usually a lot of pain, um, upheaval. Sometimes people can't even function when they're going through a divorce. And yet we've watched for years as clearly, uh, I mean, I think a lot of people suspected it. And there was rumors about her living different places and you suspected it. But like, you know, just this facade, uh, just a complete facade of happiness between the two of them getting their shots together feigning that they're together and yet finding out n- none of this is at all true like it's just a big fake to all yeah, of us it's
1: just, uh, absolutely and this is taking all of us in the same way as the Biden family are taking down the United States the morality that, that that's lacking in, in both families in the American Biden situation and the yes. Canadian Trudeau situation is truly horrendous. If you go back and look at all of the kinds of things, you know, that um, that, that charity that he was involved in and how yeah. he was able to skate through all of that to, and, and then come on and talk about, you know, if people having to have, you know, good lives and having to be, uh, you know, supported and all that. At the same time as as his whole, own morality, you know, he, he he's broken the conflict of interest law five times, mm. and he's still prime minister. And I've asked P- Pierre Polyev in writing, yeah. uh, to introduce an amendment to the conflict of interest act where no MP can sit in the House of Commons if they've broken the law. And he won't even respond to me. He hasn't even answered my my request, and so. That's the kind, the level of morality, the level of integrity that we have in this country, where uh, people uh, just ignore you and f- know that somehow they can manipulate the public. Uh, for example, right now with the prime minister in PEI, with this big uh, cabinet meeting, right, where he's reset his agenda and all that. You see what he's talking about. Right? He's talking about. I'm talking about affordable housing. Well, where was he about, you know, Vancouver and British Columbia knows all about the question issue of affordable housing. And now you you wait and see. uh, And I heard a couple of the political pundits. He's on to what, what, you know, his polling, he's got good pollsters, and he's on to what the people are very concerned about, you know, their pocketbooks and being able to pay for rent. I mean, you get to rent anything now, even in parks, we'll rent anything now. For a family, is two or three thousand dollars a month. You know, even you know, two thousand over two thousand for a one bedroom, right? Three thousand for for two bedroom. Uh, even small places and small towns in, in British Columbia. So what he's doing now, he's going to rejig the agenda and try to reframe his whole thing now to talk about he's you know he, how supportive he is of all these people who can't get housing. And so he'll come out with a, a program on that, as it relates to that, as he will with quite like a early education again, and the whole business of, of upping and supporting that. So this is where you go, This is what they do after two or three years, and they're getting close to an election, eighteen months or two years before an election. They'll they'll start to to talk about. Um, being fiscally responsible and trying to cover off that angle. At the same time, they'll do these social programs of what the pollsters are telling them. He's not running this on principle, he's running this on polls. And that's what Polyev is doing. That's why Polyev uh, hasn't been saying very much. You know, why he attacked MP Fraser, right? He attacked almost the same words as Trudeau used, right? He attacked his own caucus for meeting with a freedom lover from London, from uh, Europe and will not apologize for it. So these guys, I know, I've been there, I've seen this, I've seen this. And um, they've got, that's one thing that these parties do is they invest heavily in, is in good pollsters and uh, they every day are uh, polling in various ways Canadians all across the country. They see something every day about where people are going. So when you hear the Prime Minister start talking about affordable housing, you can bet your bottom dollar, that comes right out of a poll, right? That comes right out of a poll. And um, you, you'll you see all of this now unfold in the next speech in the throne, and the next statements uh, he, he, he makes. Very interesting about the Irving thing that I talked about earlier. Who is the minister now who, who uh, is supporting this extra billions to uh, uh, to, Irving, it, the former Minister of Health, who presided over a lot of the pandemic uh, negativity and stuff. This guy, Dual Core, he is now the infrastructure minister, right? So Trudeau knows who to put in what place to carry on whatever it is uh, his agenda is.
0: Mr. Packford, my final issue I wanted to talk to you about guns in Canada. And I believe there's a bill, and it does appear that it seems to be a threat to the Prime Minister that Canadians like their guns.
1: I was a moose hunter for for many years in Newfoundland. And uh, so I I just don't understand. I mean, some of the most responsible uh, people are, are people who own guns, who are hunters. Uh, you know the, the rod and gun clubs across this country uh, uh, you know are, are just been amazing people and uh, they're very great environmentalists as well as conservationists as well as um, looking after uh, their their uh, firearms so uh, you know i I just hope that there's still enough people around who can get this uh, get this changed so that we, we, we don't you know this erosion of our individual rights and freedoms uh, is just unbelievable and you know it's an attack so so many people in the big cities don't even you know have never seen a, a, a rifle or a hunter or go out with somebody who is in a rod and gun club and listen to how they train and how they operate and how respectful they are of uh, wildlife and of the environment and so on um i was very much a part of that and uh, as a person as a citizen of canada and as a hunter so uh, i'm very supportive of ensuring that people have the right to to hunt and uh, that uh, rural rural parts and their rights are protected Uh, and and, uh, i just lament today that uh, all these various bills that are coming forward attacking us are we need a major change in this country to you know lucky luckily we have people like you around and it's not too many of us anymore <laughs> you yeah. uh, please don't don't go away mm-hmm.
0: thank you that's very nice and please to you as well don't go away mr peckford we thank you for your time and just uh, just know that that millions of people across this country have come to know exactly who you are and ironically we might not have known. If there wasn't such an assault on our freedoms, on our Charter of Rights, we may never have known who, you know, on the whole, large scale, yes. who Mr. Yes. Brian Peckford is. And now we know how important you are and that you carry sort of like this, this history that no one else has of sitting at that table. And I thank you for crafting that. And I thank you for the so- under the sovereignty of God uh, you know that that phrase that is in there. I thank you that you all came together and realized this country was a country that had godly uh, principles and commissions that were that were behind it. And I wish I wish we were operating that way now, but it does feel very lost at times. We were
1: all members. We were all Christians, and we all adhered to the Judeo Christian. Uh, context and philosophy when we wrote that that's why it's in there yeah that's why it's in there i remember i remember very well i got a really good memory and 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 i remember well why that was put in there and when a judge came out as i said in my essay last week and says well they didn't say christian god no because it was self evident all of us were christians there was no need to put in christian god in there because that's all was. there was. The only God we knew, the only God I ever knew, has been the Judeo-Christian God. What are you talking about, judge? Right. This, and, and, and this same judge and judges and the judiciary make decisions every day based upon things that are self-evident, based upon things which are part of our custom and our, our conventions. So suddenly to make an, an exception as it related to God is completely inconsistent with the way they rule on many other things when they're making judgments.
0: Mm, absolutely amazing. And, you know, that should be taught to every kindergartner, right? That this was founded because they were all Christians. They were all Christians that were creating an atmosphere of freedom for you yeah. guys. Rennie LeVec, you know? even,
1: who didn't even, who didn't even sign it, was a Roman Catholic. Uh, Alan <laughs> Blakeney, was a, yeah. who raised the... As a Presbyterian in Saskatchewan, and you can go right across the country. All of us. I was raised in the United Church of Canada. Mm-hmm. My my parents were uh, my grandparents were Anglican and United Church. Wow. And, and Methodists. And when when the United Church of Canada came together in 1927, when the Methodists and the Congregationalists and others Protestant sects came to got, together and formed United Church of Canada, that's where my grandparents went. So I mean, you know. Yeah. What well, so, what
0: history? Thank do you. Do I have to say did. Vancouver Island is an island?
1: You know? Do I have to say that? I mean, right. it's it's self evident as the U uni- right. S Constitution says, right? There are certain things which are self evident in yes. this world.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Well, thank you so much. You're amazing. You're amazing. Stay with us a long time. Thanks for fighting for us. And I hope we can do this again. God bless you, Mr. Peckford. Thank God you. God
1: bless you, and thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate
0: it. You're welcome. What a, what a great man. Uh, my dad, I wish... You know, the Honorable Mr. Peckford has really come to light in the last two years. And, uh, you know, my dad um, would have absolutely loved him. I don't uh, remember discussing Mr. Peckford with my father, but he kind of knew... You know, my dad would watch what I would do and all of that. But it really came to light figuring out, you know, as as the fight grew more intense for freedom, that we have this this guy in Canada who has been so much a part of the political system for all of these years. And he was there, the last guy that has living memory of battling through the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And who else and who better to speak to the rampant uh, disregard for our Charter of Rights and Freedoms in the last three years than this man? Thank God for him. And if you want to follow him, JT, I do have a a share there of uh, Mr. Peckford's. um, Do you know what a Canadian swamp looks like? Well, if you don't, you will know by the time you finish reading what he is talking about. Always Fascinating information and you know, he's just on the right side of history and so real blessing. Also, we want to share with you uh, protect yourself from harmful spike proteins from the wellness company and if you scroll down underneath this uh, where you're watching this video right now in the description you will see a link where you can just it's a one link click into getting into where you can get some spike support, perhaps uh, someone that you know and love is suffering some consequences from uh, the recent shot, then uh, this is something that will help them. And if you wanted to take all of the ingredients that are in this and um, you know buy them all individually, it, that would cost you an awful lot. But they have taken it upon themselves to help and to bring wellness to us. And so it's all... In this and you can get it for your family members your friends your loved ones that might be struggling and um, it is being reported to have tremendous outcomes so please check that out and we just want to thank you very much my website is lauralyn.tv thank you for joining us thank you always for being here if you go to this uh, website you'll see a little donate button where you can help us do what we do because if there's Anything that we need, it's just help to get this done. And we don't have any big groups behind us, uh, as you might, you know, sort of guess. Uh, Trudeau and the government are absolutely unwilling at this time to give us any assistance. And we think we're doing a a great community service, but no matter how many letters we write requesting funds from Mr. Trudeau, uh, there are none coming our way. And so we're committed to telling the truth no matter what that entails and even no matter what the price of that is. And so sometimes the price is that you're on your own, son. And uh, you got to get her done uh, between you and the good people that think this is worthwhile. So if you could make a donation, become a monthly partner, that's fantastic. Just put that don- push that donate button. Also, um, e-transfers at Lynn Live at protonmail.com. You can do that. I also want to mention something really bad happening, and that is that someone is impersonating me. And if they can get a hold of any of your emails, which they've only been able to do it, uh, I've heard from one person so far. So this person has created an email called laurelin tyler thompson official at gmail.com. That is not me, and they are soliciting. So, at least one person so far. If any of you have gotten some private communication, I do not solicit for funds or getting into ventures or talking about, um, you know, if you'd like to make investments on any private emails. <clears throat> Absolutely not. That is not me. And so I reported it to Google. I hope Google's going to take action and have this person. Uh, you know make sure that they can't do this they're probably off hiding somewhere but it's not good it's not me so if you would like to write me a letter <clears throat> i'm still a little hoarse from all that smoke that's been going through british columbia um i'm sure some of you feel that too i have asthma actually so i've had to use my puffer a couple times every day um and it's um it's disturbing all these fires But we do have a snail mail address, and that's Box 48184 in New Westminster, Canada, uh, British Columbia. So I love you all. Thank you very much for all that you do. I want to close with this uh, this word. And hmm, I want to go to Matthew 15 today, and um, it starts, Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, why do your disciples break through the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. (laughs) Can you imagine that they wanted to talk about etiquette? They wanted to go to Jesus and start bringing up the rules. You're not following the rules, Jesus. And your disciples they're not washing their hands before they eat. I mean, doesn't it seem like almost a ridiculous, ugh, ridiculous discussion? The thing was is they had the ways things are done and they wanted Jesus to do it that way. They didn't want Jesus, get this, healing people on the Sabbath. So if somebody's got a withered hand and, and they have never been able to use their hand, okay, And the amazing savior of the universe comes up to them and, and he heals their hand and he said, stretch out your hand. And that guy has a miracle in front of all of their eyes. This miracle happens and he's able to stretch out his hand, the Pharisees problem. They're not enthralled by the healing. (coughs) I'm really sorry. Do I just keep going, babe? They're not enthralled by the healing. They are upset that Jesus healed him on a Sabbath. That's legalism. That's the heart of religiosity. That's where you are so legalistic that you can't see logic. That happened in our world. That's happened where our institutions, our religious institutions followed rules rather than hearing from God and the power of the Holy Spirit to let them know that what we were going through was just nothing but a big facade. They had no discernment. Shame. So here's what Jesus says. Jesus replied, and why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, honor your father and mother and anyone who curses their father or mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother as devoted to God, they are not to honor their father or mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. So in some way, they had said, well, hey, if somebody's not honoring their mom and dad, you know, uh, that you don't have to worry about that because of such and such. And Jesus is saying that is just hypocritical because the, the Bible, you know, the Pentateuch, the Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy laid out the full letter of the law that they're supposed to be following. If you don't, fa- if you don't honor your parents, you're supposed to be put to death. Then Jesus, it, he yells at them because it has an exclamation mark. And he said, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right. When he prophesied about you, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human roles. You know, what's important that we find the heart of God that we obey out of, out of a trust and an honor to God rather than following rules that are merely man-made. God bless you, see you soon. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending.